AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully. With expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com slash protect. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m., I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink, and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Episode 34 of the Fighting Cop Podcast, Season 3. I'd like to welcome today James Moore from 442 Magazine, uh, journalist. Boom! Oh, yeah, <laughs> what was that, Rick? I just thought I'd get upbeat for it. Yeah, you pretty didn't do that when we had uh, Mickey Hazard on the Yeah, pod. I know, but you... Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. We were trying to forget about that, Flav. You keep reminding us. I'm still embarrassed. Week. I'm still yeah, embarrassed I'm now. Well. We've got Ricky. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Felonious Filth. Hey. Boom! <laughs> what, uh, so what have you been up to, James? Um, how's... Uh, actually, before we start, I think, I think you haven't been on since before you did the Ledley King interview. No, no that's not true. No, that's, that's not true. true. That's not true. Did we talk about it last time? Uh, we might have talked about it once before. You've got to remember we're doing it every week, so everything yeah, just merges well, yeah. into this. Well, the ones where I come on Don't Stand Out, is it? <laughs> yeah, they do, clearly. Um, but just not no. At the same time, <laughs> was it when, when ABB got the chop? <clears throat> okay, was it before or after that? Just before that, I think. Just yes. before that. 
Um, but let's just talk a little bit about it because what was it like? You did an interview with him, well, the picture was of him in the Millennium. Yeah. Is that where you did it? So, yeah, we went along to, uh, to the London Eye on... Not the Millennium Eye. It is Millennium Eye. Well, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the uh, Millennium Wheel, isn't it? Millennium Wheel, that's yeah, what it is. I think it's it's no, London Eye. It's branding. Oh, all right, whatever. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, and I've been on the London Eye. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking pimp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, is he? Wasn't was he kind of? Because I'm, bit, I've been on there, and uh, I, I didn't like it. It was quite my, my knees were going. I don't, I don't like heights, to be honest. Do you remember when we went to uh, uh, Eiffel Tower? Yeah. Yeah, and my dad, we went up to the top, and my dad, we went all, oh, it took us three hours to climb up the top. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> me and Ricky were up there looking at the view, and I was basically plastered to the back wall, and my dad went, didn't it make your, the end of your, your dick go funny when you're all the way up here? Was, <laughs> Doesn't it make your helmet tingle? <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, Dad, I don't want to have this conversation with you, but it does a bit, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was fiddling with it. Do you know what I mean? Hang on, so what's the question you're asking me now? <laughs> uh, did uh, Lenny King's uh, helmet tingle when he was on He, he didn't mention it. He nah, didn't right. mention it. But, but uh, yeah, what was it like meeting the, the legend? Uh, it was pretty strange, particularly to do it in that kind of surrounding. He kind of rocked up, and it was absolutely round the hundreds and hundreds of tourists there. And he's wearing a Spurs tracksuit. I think he'd come from Sainsbury's or something <laughs> like that to, uh, to do one of his uh, club duties. Yeah. Um, so I had to wait for him to go and get changed in the kind of public toilet out in one of the kind of cafes opposite. Really? Yeah. Very uh, showbiz. Um <laughs> What was yeah. he like as an interview? Did he was he as kind of just calm and collected? He seems to have the kind of I wouldn't call it monotone, but kind of this one level of just complete calmness. Yeah, he, he was he was calm, and I think he knew what he wanted to say. I mean, it was he, just after he'd written the book that came out at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, so I think he had a, a lot of the stories kind of straight in his head anyway. So um, yeah. Did you have to uh, email your questions beforehand? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember to be honest, but I don't think so. Uh, okay. It was done through the club because obviously he's uh, an ambassador for the club, so yeah, yeah. Press was with him as well from Spurs. Could. What's what? it like meeting people that you know? You're, I mean, we talked a little bit about another footballer. I'm not sure if we mentioned his name, so I'm not going to mention it now. But you, yeah, and, and and they're not always as affable or, or as uh, heroic yeah. as you remember them. Yeah. Um, well, I've been quite lucky. I've, I've interviewed quite a few kind of Spurs or my heroes from Spurs mm. um, and only the one who I don't think we did mention on the podcast so I don't think we should mention now was it was it was a dick and he was a total dick yeah uh, it's actually since talking to you that he's, you've, he's changed in my actually let's talk it's, it's cruel on the listeners so let's just say his name no, I'm only joking <laughs> <laughs> um, and how's 442 they've got a new um, uh, online tablet yeah, based uh, a new weekly digital edition <clears throat> that comes out every Thursday at five o'clock if we get it finished on time. Yeah. Always a Friday morning. But that's uh, it's completely free. free. Yeah, on an iPad and Android and any smartphone or digital type. What's it? Okay. And there will be an interview with a Spurs player in there in the next couple of weeks as well. Is it a surprise or can eyes you tell peeled? Us? I'll tell you after. Eyes peeled. All right. Is that a clue? That's, that's not a clue. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for coming down, James. It's an absolute pleasure to have you back again. It must be about the fifth or sixth time now. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, lots of we put out lots of questions as we do uh, requests for questions on the podcast, and by and large, we got one question back or or a form of it. What was that question, T? 
That's why. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> it was literally that. It, it was it's just why. It's all caps lock and loads of crested masks as well. Just like why. Uh, uh, why? You know why? Well, who is it? Sending Aaron Miguel Santos. It says, "Why do Spurs torment me?" And and as you so well put it, T, this is Tottenham. Exactly. That's what it is. It's exactly it is. what it is. You know, you get there's a you get high high um, ecstasy and you get low disappointments. Yeah. And, and you've got to remember that this, what we've had in the last four years isn't Tottenham for five yeah. years. Tottenham, in, in, you know, barring a few seasons over the last few decades, has been abject misery or just abject. It was pretty much the, the game against Liverpool yeah. but spread over two decades. Well, I mean, we're probably going to talk about it before, I mean, afterwards, but um, overachievement isn't the norm and overachievement shouldn't be expected and us reaching the Champions League quarterfinals and us being fourth <laughs> in the league... That was an overachievement. That shouldn't be... And if you fall short of that, I don't think people should be that upset about it. Mm. That's it's levels and equilibriums. And yeah. when you do well, the equilibrium is raised. And you fall below that equilibrium and it's, it does feel pretty poor. I mean, imagine how Man, Man United fans are feeling. Well, yeah, I mean, no-one likes to get spanked as we've, as we've done this season. But, um, you know, we've been a lot worse than, than this. Uh, on, eight, on Thursday, uh, Friday night, we had 1882 the one we've been pushing for ages um, against Arsenal at the lane what, how, how did you find it I, thought, I had a really good time I could, to be honest I can't barely remember parts of the night I, I was no it was, it was good fun um, probably the biggest one we've had at White Hart Lane <coughs> yeah Barcelona's probably the biggest one we had wasn't it that was a newer sport as well uh, yeah and, and this was uh, this we had three blocks this time so three or four well we were supposed to have four but I noticed when we went in it was definitely three so it was probably yeah. down to what was sold yeah. so there's around a thousand I'd say between 900 and a thousand and there's good numbers um, all ages and I think everyone seemed to have a good time obviously the, the result helped um, Spurs played very well yeah it was a cra- cracking uh, night had some very funny banter the Arsenal subs absolutely ruined but took it in good yeah, they, good, they, they uh, loved they it the best man. one I heard was uh, this guy who, he had a proper Essex cut which was shaved there and a, literally about a foot of air on top cold back in his mad quick yeah. and it was uh, a sp- Forks and spoons to cut your ass. <laughs> Forks and spoons. That's a different catch up one. Uh, and uh, generally kind of insisting that uh, a certain Arsenal manager had come in lots of bumps. <laughs> that, yeah. that was generally the feeling that I was left with. It definitely happened at some stage. It didn't, it didn't <laughs> happen. I'm just making a joke. So please don't sue us. Um, no, but it was fantastic, and thank you for everyone for, for coming out. We don't really have to say thank you because obviously you came out for Spurs, but just to kind of kind of be behind the eighteen eighty two movement, and for so many people to get behind it, it was just another excellent evening. I'd probably be the last one of this season. I can't think of another one how we can get to the game. No, there's there's talk of one um, against Chelsea at the end of the season, but that's in Cobham, and I think they're a bit funny about letting people into their training ground. Uh, potentially, we could look at it, but. Probably as, as in terms of that scale, it's going yeah. to be it's going to be the last one. I mean, with the game, obviously winning two 0 was brilliant, <coughs> singing all the way through. But um, another really good thing about eighteen eighty two is just meeting like minded people and being in the pubs, reminiscing about stories and singing up. And so I, I met quite a few um, people off Twitter, off the forum, mm. you know, other places. So it was really nice to put name to your face and you know just to to share stories and then sing together as a crowd it was, uh, it was a really good night indeed and we'll carry on next season I don't know whether we'll be in the uh, Europa League or not 
I mean, as, as, as it, I mean, we've got six games now. Is it six left? Yes. And all, all winnable. We're going to win every one. Six. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, six, we're on 32. Six, six, yeah, six games. So, um, we'll see. But the result at the weekend, I did make a joke on the on Twitter saying that we weren't going to talk about it at all. We're just going to ignore it, but we kind of have to. Um, my overall feeling of the game against Liverpool was just an, a kind of serene numbness. I didn't. I, 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 I joked that it was a. Uh, the last time I felt this numb was when I lost my hamster when I was six. It was this feeling of just inevitability. And it, but, but by the same token, it was worse somehow than I thought it was going to be. The attitude of the players, and I'm sure this filtered down from the boss. It just seemed like no one wanted to be on the pitch, and it was really a really odd thing to look at. As the game as the game drew near, I thought, you know what? Maybe we can do this. Maybe if we'll just, maybe if we just hold out a bit, you know, we'll we'll do fine. And then within then within two minutes, it happened. Yeah, and it it was just. I mean, what was that? I, I think uh, I don't know if the third goal can be counted, but certainly the first two, another two defensive errors that led directly to goals. Yeah. Uh, you had Dawson's strange. I know. He, I mean. He just got on the pitch. I thought, Dawson, please, just, 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 please don't fuck about. Well, that's the only. And in a minute, and that's the only kind of, that's the only kind of excuse you can give to him is the fact that he just come on the pitch yeah, and he, cold. he was cold, and that, you know there was all that kind of cliche nonsense. But it was bizarre. It was like he he didn't realise they were playing two up front. It's because I could see Sturridge or that 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 Suarez won't won't be there. I don't know. It was bizarre. I mean, even for the third goal, <coughs> like uh, uh, Coutinho was just running in space and n- no one putting any pressure on him. Everyone's backing off. Let him get a shot away. He shouldn't. He sh- like a player shouldn't be scoring from that far out against. That's not even counting the um, Kabul uh, mistake as well when Loris made that world class oh, save and tipped it onto the bar. That, yeah, that would have yeah. been three, just complete and utter bollocks defensive errors. What do you think of it, James? Uh, I mean, well, like you said, I mean, once you've lost five 0 at home and six 0 at City and four 0 at Chelsea to lose four 0 at Liverpool, it's just you know, uh, it's just another result, really. Of course. <laughs> um, I mean, that's almost the worst thing—the fact that, that, like you say, it, it it doesn't really stand out that much. It doesn't sting that much because we're kind of used to it now. Um, I thought we looked really, really exposed, mm. and I know there was a lot of talk on Twitter before the game about Sandro not playing and. Uh, Bentaleb playing again. Um, I just thought that that was that, that was kind of suicidal in that kind of game, and, and you saw it on the third goal. I think if Sandro had been playing, he would have at least put him under pressure, and he would have made it more difficult for him. Whether or not he would have stopped him, who knows? Does he? Does anyone know why Sandro didn't play? What's the? Well, there's a, there's a rumor that he was um, he, he opted not to play because he was tired and that he was unfit. Probably only fit enough for a place on the bench. Dembele was the same, so we were kind of forced to play. Sigurdsson and Bentaleb in, in midfield. Were we forced to play a player that's never played in defensive midfielder role in his entire life? Uh, well, were we, why were we another, forced to play that player there? Another thing I thought of after the game, maybe we could just put Eunice Kabul in defensive midfield and put Dawson alongside Vertong. And if it's if you really want to like not get shot on four 0 yeah, I would have put Kabul right back, put Dawson in the middle. Yep, Kabul's played right back before, quick. I thought a lot of our problems came from the left, to be honest. Yes, because you hate Danny Rose. I mean, I hate him, but you, you really hate him. Oh, no, I'll, I'll, be, I mean, I'm, I'll be objective. I think with Danny Rose, I think it's a coaching issue more than him being bad. He has been really, really awful, but I think if we had someone to organise our defence, 
because they can, they can easily get rid of these defensive last season we talked about us letting in late goals and AVB change of formation in training and worked on it so the concentration levels are higher I think with improved coaching we can see a better Danny Rose I don't actually hate him I don't hate any of our players I hate him any place. <laughs> I think uh, talking from a defensive point of view, which which we are now, I mean, I think we're all in, in agreement that Dawson Dawson should be picked for certain games like the aerial games against Stoke and Palace or what have you. Certain and teams. Uh, Dawson's played twenty eight times this season in the league. Um, Carl Walker, our first choice right back, twenty six games of the Tongan, twenty three games. Um, Norton. 13 and Rose 16 for me both of those players should be nowhere near the first team and they are the young players and they should be you know actually I don't know, I'm just making excuses but I just don't think they're anywhere near good enough no. but, but we have been relying on them in our in those defensive duties and someone like uh, Kabul who's played six league games um, who's supposed to be our first choice centre back it speaks volumes that none of these defenders are... It's very rare that we have a set back four that play together, know each other's games and positions and all that. Um, but then when you're relying on your Danny Rose, not their fault that we didn't uh, buy a left-back mm. um, and and decent cover for Walker for when he uh, when he does get injured and selling Corker as well, you know, you're, you're leaving yourself open there. I mean, the defence has been... Shocking! We've we've got fucking smashed this season by quite a few teams, and I'm not used to seeing it. And uh, I bloody well won't stand for it. <laughs> You're gonna run to your MP? Yeah. Well, well, it's funny to say our defence has been bad this season. Up until before the Liverpool game, we only conceded one one less goal than they had all season. A lot of our goals are conceded in two or three games. So people say our defence is bad. I think it's a slight exaggeration. Carl Norton for me is an archetypal backup. We're not going to get a backup who's as good as Philippe Lam to, to back up Walker when Walker's injured. And Walker never gets injured this mm. season. I don't think he's going to be back for another month. I think I think it's a long injury he's got here. Um, Vertonghen was at left back for a lot of those games that Ricky mentioned. So that was that that also was an ideal. It's not Rose's fault that we didn't get a decent left back. It's just unfortunate that we haven't I've defended, him. I've defended Norton quite a lot this 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 uh, this season, and and I still think he's okay. Like, like you say, he's a, he's a, he's essentially a backup right back who will do a job when he comes in, and he's happened to play. How many games did you say, Rick? Thirteen. You played thirteen games. Thirteen league games. Started or just played? Started. All oh, right, and then, def- and then three yeah. three sub games as yeah. well. I thought he played that. more than that. Anyway, um, he he's um. <clears throat> He's he's okay, but it seems to me when he has a bad game, he has a really really bad game, and he's and he he hates playing against Liverpool clearly because he's just got annihilated in both games. But certainly the left back side of things, and you saw against Arsenal, if there wasn't a sign that Rose positionally is not there it, for the first goal, he was completely out of position again. He had to run twenty yards just to get into the position that he should have been in before Liverpool broke. I mean, to be fair to, to Rose, um, you know, he's playing his wing-back position, he's got to push forward, and then Ericsson is our yeah. left-sided player. He often drifts around, and he's often found centrally, because that's his preferred place to play, um, and that's where he can unlock, unlock defences. So Danny Rose has got to make up that whole left wing. Do you remember? And, and when he pushes forward, there's no-one to cover. I mean, Ericsson isn't going to go back and, uh, and cover his position, so Do you remember he's when we had this conversation exposed. before? When Van der Vaart used to play on right side midfield, and he used to drift in, we had the exact same issue. 
and you, it means that you're, you've essentially got a luxury player. Um, I don't think anyone's called Ericsson a luxury, but you play him on the left side of midfield. It isn't playing Luka Modric there, it's playing Ericsson, who's very different. And I think someone, a lot of, a lot of Spurs fans think that, that, that Ericsson at 21 can do what Modric did as he was leaving Spurs. And he could play on the left and he could play in, in, in the centre. But I think Ericsson's ultimately his, fight, his best position isn't a number 10, actually. I, I think he'd be better in the centre midfield when he starts to think, he starts to understand the game a little better, certainly the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, we did get completely exposed and it was just an odd team selection. I know a lot of people are saying it was forced upon him, but if Sandro isn't fit to play, then then what was he doing on the bench? What, if he just wasn't right, was it that he was too tired? It just doesn't, it doesn't well, ring yeah, true. We had Harry Winks on the bench, to be fair. So that Who shows. played on Friday night. And played brilliantly. He did play brilliantly against Arsenal, yeah, in the under-21s. But what what was the deal there? That we had no one else in that entire youth club, uh, our, our, our entire youth setup that we could pick that hadn't played 36 hours before? It just seemed odd. It seemed like another statement from Sherwood. Um... The the people that we really have to feel sorry for, obviously, is the people that um, that went up there, the Spurs fans that went up there. I know that they travel all around, regardless of how good or bad Spurs are, and, and that's admirable. But the amount of money that that must have cost on a Sunday, and just to see the team not even get beat, because any team, like against Man City, we got beat convincingly, but it wasn't that we weren't trying, it was just Man City on that evening were unplayable. But it just... Where, where did the abjectness come from? Because you saw the camera in the tunnel beforehand and you had... You had... Um, Vertonghen leaning against the wall with his arms crossed and you had just players sort of their, their hands by their side and they were laughing and joking. It didn't feel like a team that was going out there to do a job. You look at Roy Keane, for example, when he was in the tunnel, he was just staring down onto the pitch and there was this level of intensity and I might be kind of reaching at cliches and... This sort of stuff, but our team was just—it just seemed so lackadaisical. And it, the minute we got in onto the pitch, it was just the same. We, we started these games like this all season, haven't we? Because against Arsenal two weeks before, we conceded in the first minute. Um, that City home game, we were terrible for the first twenty minutes, and we got absolutely murdered. See City away, we conceded after what was it fourteen seconds? So it's kind of been a problem we've had all season. We've inevitably got to come to Sherwood, um, and, and we have talked about talked about him at length, but. Obviously, the fans have turned on him. There was a few out there that, that kind of were backing him. Certainly, there weren't any anti-Sherwood songs being sung in the ground. And then against Liverpool, there was. Oh, I was going to say. What, what was you going to say? Because <laughs> Liverpool, there were anti-Sherwood songs. Yeah, exactly. So, it was the first, certainly vocal, anti-Sherwood stuff. And it was mainly down to it seemingly that he, he just couldn't be seen on the touchline doing anything. I know he was... I don't, you know, in the stands, so he can get a better view of the pitch. But I don't know. Is there a single top manager in the world that's ever done that? The last person I remember doing that regularly was Glenn Oddle. Yeah. And and so, for him not to react, I mean, I guess once the fans have started chanting that we don't know where you are, it would have been a little bit weak of him to then just suddenly appear at sort of waddle out to the touchline. Here I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he must have. He must realise, and this is where I think maybe his ego will get the better of him, is that he won't. See, he'll see that as a, an attack and a personal affront on him, rather than Spurs fans airing their frustration that he's. I don't know. He made quite a weird comment, didn't he, about not wanting to be on the t- on the touchline, not being able to control himself. It's kind of seemed like a bit of a strange thing. And after what happened in the Benfica home game, and. Um, 
the Arsenal home game as well. I did kind of half wonder whether maybe he'd kind of been put on a leash a little bit by Levy and he'd, he'd told him, yeah. make yourself yeah. scarce. Well, there was that thing about fans, about him getting advice <clears throat> from other managers, which must have been stop acting like a cunt. It had to be. But that's his... That's in, probably in better words than that. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's his job. He's paid to be a manager. I mean, if you can't control yourself, then... That's one of the fundamental things. It's a very, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very stressful job. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I mean, I'll probably re- relate to this later, later, this later on. But um, he struck me as someone who walked around and said, "I bet I could do a better job than AVB, whoever the current manager was." He struck one of those, those people as well. You know, if I was manager of the team, I'd do this and I'd do that. But now he's at, now he's at the helm. What's, what's what's he doing? It's weird how he sort of went under the radar while he was. Well, it's not weird because. He was he was under the radar. He's behind the back back rooms of the club and working on youth football and and whatnot. But there was no kind of rumours of him doing much wrong apart from when ABB was just gone, where there was kind of he was the hatchet man inside the club and then suddenly appeared on our touchline. <clears throat> but it's bizarre how quickly his personality has destroyed him. Now he's come into the limelight. He's literally done this to himself. If he wasn't good enough, you, there's plenty of managers that have managed Premier League teams that weren't good enough and just went away. Like that, the guy, uh, um, the, the one that keeps popping into my head was the guy at Wolves, the assistant manager who got the job. Oh, for Terry him. Connor. Yeah, him and and there was a couple of I don't know, <laughs> Terry Connor, but the, uh, uh, there was a couple of a couple of others and Eddie Gray at Leeds for a bit and they, they weren't good enough, but they loved the club and they were involved. But he laughed now. These managers you're picking out. But Les Reed, Les Reed, that's Les Reed. Yeah, so they're, they're, but, but that's that's yeah, what Sherwood. Yeah. That's the level that Sherwood's coming in at. The level of experience um, so and he's kind of done this to himself but I just think he I don't want to keep going about his personality because he's not paid for he's, he's paid to win games ultimately. Yes. but he just seems to lack a bit of humility which is why I think people are like well you know if you're not going to be humble when we win or humble when we lose then fuck you we're going to give you dogs abuse because you you act like you can take it mm. and you look like a broken man now yeah. he looks like it is. Yeah. He's, he's come home he's come home his suitcases are outside <laughs> You know, brick for his car window. <laughs> he hasn't got any authority, that's the thing, because the players that's know that he's going to be gone at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that, and everyone's known that the whole time. And they're so playing like it. Yeah, but if if, you know, if that's the case, and everybody knows that, you've got to take a different approach to the job. You can't give it the big one like that, because everyone's just going to think you're a dick. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So he should have just been a bit more calm, a bit more kind of humble, and just kind of rolled with it. Yeah. Uh, for, I'm, I'm not backing uh, Sherwood, but... <clears throat> Sounds like you're gonna. I am, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he's, you know, he's obviously showing that he's got passion. Um, he's a proud man. Um, you know, he's very animated on the touchline. But you're at Tottenham. You're at a Premier League club. If you want to, you know, cut your teeth at a, at a lower level club and learn the trade that way, that you know, that's fine. You get, you're gonna have, you know, a bumps and scrapes along the way. But at this level, you can't, you can't act like a dick. He's got. He, he. I think he was in charge. Or Wendy might correct me, but in charge of sending players out on loan mm. to Swindon. That's where he's got to go. He's got to go to Swindon. It might even be, you know, so that he, he said that on the pod like two months ago. Yeah, yeah. I think just his. Re- he might be a good manager there, but he's not ready for this. No, but his remit was to develop players, not win matches. Um, I don't know if when I think Wendy might have said it himself. A lot of those games, it's not about winning. It's about developing players and yeah. developing their skill set and sending them to a club who will help 
Mm. That skill set. When you when you're at a point where you have to win games, it's a different ball game altogether. And you are, I mean, it is a cliche, but you are, it is a results business. But he wanted this, and then and he acted like he deserved it, like he'd done his, he, he paid his dues type thing. And <clears throat> the problem when you go in with that attitude, which is kind of autocratic, he people don't like it. So, certainly, football fans don't like it. They like a level of humility, and and the same thing with AVB. It was this, he's kind of. Uh, the, the, I, I don't, his, his, his inability to change. It was aloof it's, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, aloofness, and, and 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 fans didn't like it. It's hard to get it right, and most most managers can't. I mean, you got, you know, what what's happening at Arsenal Wenger uh, at Arsenal, and you think they must be fucking mental to want to get rid of him, but they do. I mean, kind of, it's you know, you. Uh... When, he, when when AVB got sacked and he was saying giving off these sound bites of um, you know football's a simple game you need to like train simply and plan simply and Le- Levy said to me do you need more players no we've got enough quality here and things like that when you're when you're coming out with stuff like that it's kind of like implementing that AVB had it all and he just didn't know what he was doing so I'm stepping in to show you how it is done. And it's gone not very well for him, uh, to put it yeah, politely. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of made a rod for his own back there. That's evidently <coughs> gone up his own ass. I mean, I, I watched, I've watched the games the, the last couple of months, and it's seemed to me, and I, I could be completely wrong, and I could be doing him a disservice, but I think we look really ill prepared for the matches. I, you, you saw the first half an hour against Southampton. And we just like, we didn't have a, we didn't have a clue what we were doing, <laughs> and you know, we got a, we got a fortunate goal back, and even the second goal we got back after half time was from a mistake from Lovren, um. and then the tide turned after that, and we were much more confident. But it was just I, I'm just not convinced that they want to play for him. I know he's come out and said that the players want to play for him, but I'm just I'm just not convinced they do because I look at I look at players like Sandro and Vertonghen, uh you know any of the Dembele who all had really good seasons last season. And you look at them now, and they're—and and I'm not saying they were great in the first half of the season either, by the way. But you look at look at them now, and they're the shadow—they're a shadow of the players they were before. And you just don't get motivated at all. Well, I mean, Holtby is the name that's going to come back and haunt Sherwood and haunt Tottenham. In as much as you said after the Chelsea game, there's no players of passion and there's no heart. Not many people have got much more heart than Holtby. And then the fact he's played Bentaleb every week, I actually think Holtby. I don't know if he's going to be the player that we want him to be, but the fact that you... Well, you, you said, well, you know, I don't think... You said he's not good enough in as many words. Yeah. And we're short in midfield now. We've got Sigurdsson playing defensive mid, and you've, and you've learned Holtby out. It makes it look a bit... And, and, and then I think Ricky also said in January, he said he's happy with his squad. And then two months later, he's kind of said stuff along the lines of, oh, well, you know, we're short of a few players here, and then I'm like, well... I can only play the cards I've been dealt yeah, it was one of his words. Did he? Uh, who did he punch? <laughs> he punched someone. Come on. Um, I don't think he. I think he'd miss. <laughs> he definitely missed Danny Rose. <laughs> I don't I know. Have I have no idea. I reckon, yeah. I reckon there's probably someone like Vertonghen. There, there was talks of Dawson. There was talks oh, yeah. of uh, Saldado. Hey, if he punched Dawson, I mean that's fucking <laughs> spat Fuck all over man. Rick. Sorry, you ate that as well, didn't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Dawson would be the last person you'd punch at Spurs for all these. Inability. He's he's obviously clearly he he played and you saw the kind of he's crestfallen and punched in his um, face 
for the kind of passion that he, he brings to the club would be ridiculous. He's quite docile, though. He'd probably, just, he'd probably cry. He'd probably burst out crying. I, don't I think, I think the joke I saw on Twitter was that, that Michael Dawson wouldn't be able to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, there was uh, Soldado and uh, Aaron Lennon came out and said it was bollocks. Yeah. Uh, as Soldado put it, fouls. It was a false rumour. <laughs> um, uh, we've got to say a quick uh, thank you to Spirit Shankly, who put together a banner to remember Darren Alexander uh, on f- at the front of the cop, which was a complete class act. Yeah, really lovely. Very to nice see. Touch. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. And uh, just, just if you need a bit of context as to why that happened, Darren and worked very closely with Spirit Shankly to um, get the Premier League or raise the issue of ticket prices certainly away ticket prices at the Premier League um, OK so we've got some we've we received so many questions this week so we had to kind of in order to fit them in usually we do it at the bot, the, um, the back end but we're going to do some quick fire questions so T you're going to read these out OK you're all ready so <laughs> the, are these yes or no's for yeah there's just yes or no's one word answers can, yeah. can I not just add a sentence yeah. or is it just yes or no yeah, well, we're going to be here all night well, right. you, uh, Ricky can <laughs> we need some jokes right, go on then <laughs> ok first question is would you take 7th and have a season out of Europe Ricky first no 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 should we sack Sherwood now no um, <laughs> mm, yes no no point if you could give yourself a blowjob would you <laughs> yes yes I don't, no, I don't think so. You don't think so? There's a hint of doubt. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one, one word, yes or no. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Would you make sweet love to a hot Greg's baked product? What are you supposed to be about Spurs? Well, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Go on then, sorry, go on. Because pe- people are asking us these questions. <laughs> they have a thing in, to- in uh, Greg's called Tottenham Cake. They so, do. Yeah, it's, it's cold though, isn't it? Yeah, we can put it in the microwave for like. What, what, what's, the, what's the question? Would you make sweet love to a hot Greg's Bait products for fourth place in the league? Well, you see, it depends, man. It depends what's in the actual bait product because I don't want to get stuck. The cream of chicken one. Yeah, but I don't want to get stuff stuck in. In the bellend. Yeah, exactly. Why? You're allowed to shower afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to stay there forever. If it's it's a, a, a lava. Hot bit of sweet corn that gets caught beneath <laughs> something. Then, yeah, like, gets there. yeah, then uh, I, I don't want it to be heating up everything. But then, I know, then he could give you a blowjob. Because <laughs> give yourself a blowjob afterwards. Exactly. Yes, yes, I would. There you the, go. The, this is this is alluding to that story. The Sunday sport. The yeah. Sunday sport. Which we've we've now done two Sundays. Yeah, can we make this a feature to find a Sunday sport sport? Uh, story to talk about. <laughs> Forget 442 magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday Sport. Actually, I think it's harshly criticised. I think it's some top quality set. Oh, massive, massively, massively. Anyway, so, so yes or no? Um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, to, to finish fourth? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who would you punch at Spurs, Ricky? Oh, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> I suppose. At the moment, I would say Vertonghen because of his mardy face. <laughs> I'd punch Sherwood, uh, but if he's a player, I'd punch Vertonghen. James. I couldn't possibly comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you punch? Um, Danny Rose, come yeah, on. Danny Rose. Rose. <laughs> Will Liverpool win the league? Oh, fucking hell. No. Flav. Y- yes. Yes, I think they will. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
Fucking hell. I, I think they are playing the best football, and I think they will win the league. Ah! I've just bitten my tongue off. You're I feel right. ill. <laughs> I need a bath. Um, Fine enough, um, at half time we've got Wendy. He's not very well, is he? No, he's poorly. I think the sworn to seeker says to why he's ill, but um, yeah. It, there's, he, he had a disaster to do with poo. Yeah. Windy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Hi, this is Windy, back again with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loanees, as per usual, Ryan Fredericks played the full game for Millwall. They drew two all with Blackburn. Benoit Asuakoto was back in the QPR side alongside Tom Carroll. They drew one all at home to Blackpool and both played 90 minutes. John Obika also played the full game for Charlton Athletic. They lost 3-0 at Derby. Jake Livermore's Hull lost 1-0 at Stoke and Lewis Holtby's Fulham suffered a 3-1 home defeat to Everton, although Holtby had a good game this week. Shaq Coulthard has made his Torquay United debut. He joined them alone last week and came on for the last half hour of their 1-0 defeat at Southend. Christian Ceballos helped FC Uruca win 1-0 at home to Vittoria Setibal and Diago Farke's Rio Vallecano lost 5-0 at Real Madrid. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s recorded a fantastic 1-0 away win at Liverpool on Saturday morning, which was broadcast live on LFC TV. It was a slightly makeshift side, given that most of the top players in that team have moved up to the under-21s now. Joe Pritchard got the only goal of the game, but the outstanding player by a long distance was Kyle Walker-Peters, who started at right-back but ended up in central midfield. The under-21s recorded a marvellous 2-0 win against Arsenal on Friday night. Ruben Lemez's run into the box ended with a penalty and a sending off for Arsenal's captain Isaac Hayden. Sully Koulibaly quite literally grabbed the ball off him and scored the penalty. And then it was up to Arsenal's goalkeeper to make a string of fine saves before Harry Winks eventually secured the win with a curling effort quite late on. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at Wendy Coys. That's Coys for Come On New Spurs. It's the second half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Wendy. Hope you're feeling better. Cheers. Thanks, Wind. And you've cleaned all the poo up. <laughs> um, Windy by name, Windy by nature. Sorry, sorry. What children laughing at a raspberry? Uh, it's the Fighting Cock is sponsored by Calm. Uh, 12 men a day commit suicide. Stop laughing at this point, please. Uh, it's thought that it's because we don't want to talk about our problems. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have a helpline open between 5pm and midnight. The number's 0808 802 5858. If we lose against, against Sunderland, I'm going to be tweeting that number out. <laughs> it's... It, we... They're, they're, they're clearly, along with Fulham, probably the worst team in England. And they lost last night. They did, against uh, West Ham. Yeah. Um, I anything about West Ham this week. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting sick. Because I've said I've got a begrudging admiration for their support. Well, you know, as I said, he picks up West Ham, uses long words, you know. What's it be Russell Brand? <laughs> trying to rebrand himself. Oh. You didn't listen to the pod last week, did you? No. Yeah, right. We were mugging you off as well, funny enough. You can do that, man. Don't listen. 
Do you, do, you, do you not listen because you don't like the podcast? or No, it's the, I think the podcast is great, but I know it's going to be good, so I'm not going to listen. Nice. <laughs> well said. Um, James, you listen to the podcast. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every week. My seeds. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so Sunderland. How are we going to do against that shower of shit? They are going to be coming to the lane and... Actually, I, I was about to say that they're going to put every man behind the ball and they're going to try and get a point out of us. But they're in a lot of shit at the moment, so they fucking can't do that. They're going to have to come out and they're going to have to play. They're going to suck a punch, I think. But, um, you know, for teams early on in the season when they come to Tottenham, they normally stick 11, man behind the, 11 men behind the ball and we'd find it hard to break them down and find this, you know, this incisive pass that's good, that's going to lead to a goal but um, we've got Ericsson as our only kind of creative player so uh, but surely that would be enough you'd think no we've got uh, we've got Townsend I mean Lennon Townsend won't start <laughs> Lennon Lennon I know Lennon's had an awful season it's been garbage it's just done absolutely nothing yeah. but when Sunderland played against Liverpool I believe they had five at the back and they made it quite hard for Liverpool. Very long spells. Um, I mean, Liverpool won, but they weren't massively convinced, which is what gave our fans a bit of hope that we could win. So, Sunderland won't be easy to beat from from that point of view. But in the last six games against Spurs, have only won one. So the Omens do look do look pretty good. What James? What do you think of Sunderland this season? Uh, I think from what I've seen of them generally, they've looked pretty poor. But I would say they have actually performed much better against the better teams. I think they've had more points off of the top ten than they have of the rest of the bottom ten. I, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can remember. They've beaten City at home. Yeah. Uh, they're not Chelsea out of the League Cup. They're obviously not United out of the League Cup. Um, they've had a couple of points away from home against decent teams. And what, what, <coughs> As T said, you know, they'll, they'll play... Uh, they'll probably, I, reckon, I disagree with Rick. I think they probably will play quite defensively and I think they probably will be quite happy with the point. And that you, can take, you can take that? Uh, I'll opinions. take that, but I, I want to go back to the Aaron Lennon point as well. <laughs> well shut up a second, because I'm still talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron Lennon. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I can see them doing this T set and sitting five behind the ball and trying to hit us on the counter attack. Like so many teams have done quite successfully at White Hat Lane over the last kind of three or four years. So, in order to do that successfully, they would probably need a player of the speed of Aaron Lennon. Ricky, what was you going to say? <laughs> He's made 21 league appearances. <laughs> he scored one. He's assisted one. <laughs> that is fucking shit. You got his pass completion? Uh, yeah. It is zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Speaking of passes, um, Mignolet had done more passes than Soldado last week, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, that's, that's pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, I've actually got some good news, funny enough. <laughs> do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on. Please do. You know, um, we just talk about the Fair Play League in years gone by. Oh, God. <laughs> wondering if Spurs were high enough to qualify via the Fair Play League. I can't well, the two teams above Spurs in the Fair Play League are Arsenal and Liverpool. I can't even so think we're Arsenal third. <laughs> So obviously, Arsenal are going to finish in the top five. Well, I'd expect them to. So I'm saying we can 
qualify for the fair play. Right, so, so I would fuck. fucking piss myself if we had to go through that. <laughs> so, that would be fucking hilarious. That starts in like June. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're sixth, we've got to go, got to start in July anyway, after the, I think before the World Cup finishes. Well, that's our pre season sorted. <laughs> <laughs> if Van Hal takes over, then they'll. Anyway, it's another. Well, let's, let's talk about Van Hal a little bit. I mean, who <clears throat> I mean, gives a shit about Sunderland game? Well, Season's over, who gives a fuck? It would appear that Van Hal is going to go elsewhere. We've got Sunderland, West Brom, <coughs> Fulham, Stoke, West Ham and Villa in our next six, well, like, final six games. I was kind of looking at the Liverpool game as the final game that we had to worry about and then we'll win them all after that and finish in the top four. Obviously, that isn't going to happen. Um, I think this run of defeats against these teams that we should have lost against on paper has taken its toll, and obviously because Sherwood's lost the club. It's not just the supporters, not just the players, the ball boys, the tea ladies. They all hate it. Well, like Mourinho did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, from a player's point of view, we're not going to get fourth. Um, no, with Everton, they'll more than likely get fifth. United are right up our arse, so maybe sixth. The players are already on holiday. They're already at the World Cup. They're already on their their, their holidays elsewhere. I think, you know, it's not like that they're giving up, but it's not going to be the same effort as before. Would you... And with these teams that you're saying that we're going to win against every all of them, all may, maybe the beginning of the season, but like looking at them now, draws, couple of wins, maybe a little sneaky banana skin in there. No, six wins. Nah, mate. I think I think we'll win them all. What? Um, You're both idiots. The scary thing is that we do that, and you know how fans can kind of think, "Well, we have won these last six games, and they, do you think Show has done enough damage? Hopefully, done enough damage so that he won't be <laughs> saved by winning all these six games." It'd be funny if we won them all at seven nil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, because you can see that happening, and everyone's going, "Well, maybe." So because Thursday. even even after we beat Southampton, we were sort of last week on the pod, we were going, "Well." Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's got... And this is probably why we're not writers of football and get paid to do that. Uh, because we, we are too reactionary like any any football fan. But, um, I don't know. What, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, tentatively about uh, Louis van Gaal or how? Paul. Because uh, what, what, I know, I've known about him. I've, I've had his face kind of burnt in my retina since I was maybe... 15 when I kind of he's quite a distinctive looking gentleman and I remember him at Barcelona I know his second season at Barcelona he had a nightmare before getting sacked I think they were in the lower second half sorry the lower half of the table but does anyone know anything about him as a manager is his record good people well, talk about his record quite well I know is that he got his balls out to show that he's got balls yeah, I heard. In, a, in a team talk. Until Tim Sherwood does that, then he's got nothing. Yeah, he's got absolutely. Imagine if he did that now; they, it wouldn't go down well for him. He'll get kicked. Yeah, <laughs> kicked in the balls. Um, no, but so so we know nothing really about him other than his well, name. He's a very he's been a very successful manager. I, I think everywhere he's been. I think even in at Barcelona, he won the league in the first season, and I think he yeah. went back for another season after he'd been with Holland for two years. He's won the league, I think, three, three times of Ajax and the European Cup as well, albeit 20 years ago. So, and he had a really good spell at uh, Arze, AZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AZ. Uh, he also, um, well, some would say, built the foundations for what Bayern Munich are now. Because he was there a few years back and now they're, rec- they're beating all before them. And when, that, when he was at Ajax, initially, 
he didn't do that great, but then after a while, he you know became the best team in Europe. I think the next manager who manages at Tottenham won't be there long term. So the fact he's going towards the end of his career isn't is not a bad shout for me. He's got no chance of being there long term, though, has he? Because he's sixty two. Yeah, that, that's my already, point. So, so yeah. he's not a bad appointment. I think we've all just wasted our breath on talking about Van Gaal. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think he's ever going to come. Why? I think I think he's whoring himself out to get to get a better uh, club. Um, maybe if if one doesn't come up in the Premier League, then maybe he might come to us. But um, I really, really can't see it at all. So who replaces Sherwood then? Um, I don't know. I think out of the pick of the bunch, maybe some we could get the Baldini connection. I reckon we could C- get Capello. Mark Hughes. Convince Mark Hughes to leave Stoke. I'm not sure if he will. I was going to say Warnock, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> Warnock. Shit. Man. What a depressing set of names. What did you say? Hello. Capello's record is unrivaled by any manager that we could possibly get. Obviously, you can't talk about the geezer at Pep Guardiola or, or Mourinho, but Capello's club record is fucking fantastic. There has been rumours, Ferguson, or just today, but it might be April Foods, that Ancelotti might be in the frame as well. Yeah. What for Tottenham? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is that good enough, Rick? No! <laughs> Fuck me! He, he could do a job! Oh, I don't think so, mate. With a name like Ancelotti, no way! I, do you know what? When I saw that, I was like. Where did oh, you see that? Maybe. I don't know, Twitter, wasn't it? Might be on the forum or Twitter. Fuck me, come on! Give me some credible lies! <laughs> <laughs> Ones that you can believe. Yeah! Um, yeah, Mark Hughes. He's done all right. He's got him playing football. Funnily enough, the state that we're in now, it would be perfect for... Well, obviously, Renup's only managed us. It's not going to happen again. But this is a perfect situation for someone like Renup to come in because he's a firefighter. When teams are at a low ebb, he comes in, G's him up, against them playing football. When we'd lost in the famous two points to make games, when he came in and made them believe in themselves. So... Yeah. Are we really in that bad state though? We're not um, nowhere near that level, are we? I no, mean, there but are the players that we can improve. But I don't. But I don't the players think... do look a bit, you know, desolate. Yeah, I think they just know they've known the season's been over for a while. I think it might be that. Yep. We're going to finish fourth. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so should we have some predictions for Sunderland? I think we're going to win five three. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Uh, I I'll go for. 2-0 Spurs. 1-0. Um, I'm going to go for a general 1-0. Fucking going. There would be blood in the streets. <laughs> be a fun podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I genuinely, this is my first genuine prediction. I think we're going to win 4-0. I, I genuinely, I think it'll be an easy game. Uh, we'll smash them. Um, um, one thing, know, sorry, go on, T. One thing we have mentioned that we're recording on a Tuesday. Uh, next week we'll be recording on a Tuesday again. Because the game's on a Monday. Yes. That's right. what I point out. Good work, T. Good work. Um, we've got a bit of a... Uh, we're fans of him, uh, and he's he's fans of the Fighting Cock. You can find him on Twitter called XXX Video Editor, so you can guess what he does for a living. Um, he said uh, via email, an envelope came through the post yesterday morning with, his, with no name on it, just, a, uh, just his address. I opened it to find a ticket to Spurs versus Liverpool for Sunday. I felt guilty about opening it as I realised that my birthday was just around the corner 
and it could have been my surprise birthday present, but the surprise was short-lived when it turned out my daughter had bought it for her, for her boyfriend for his birthday. So this got me thinking, what headline or rumour about Spurs made you really excited, uh, but then it just never happened? There's there's tons. There are, there are tons, but it's mainly, they're, they're not exactly funny, they're just pretty dull. Um, Paul Scold and Solskjaer were two that I remembered. Paul Scold? Yeah, coming to, this is back in the 90s, man, late 90s. We take him now. Well, yeah, yeah, he can do a job. It's <laughs> a good, it's a good pundit, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of him. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. We just, it was like listening to my dad talk about football, uh, to specifically talk about Arsenal. It, it was blunt, honest, in articulate, full of tuts, uh, lots of blinking, <laughs> lots of confusion, but ultimately his heart was in the right place and he was talking from that heart. Uh, and it was just great because he was ripping into Arsenal. Yeah, but those are the two ones I remember the most. Um, I'd probably say my most recent one is uh, Moutinho signing. Um, I think I said that I'd grease up a deodorant can and squat on it (laughs) if Moutinho signs. And he didn't, so luckily I spared that. Um, Mine was... I was much, much younger. It was Enzo Schifo towards the end of his career. <laughs> and I remember playing football in the playground, uh, commentating as I played about as myself being Enzo Schifo. Um, that that was a big one. And he didn't sign and we signed Chris Armstrong, who obviously at the time you thought <laughs> is a bit of a downgrade. Um, we were laughing at Arsenal for getting Bergkamp but we got Armstrong but Armstrong was fucking good I for thought. the first two seasons yeah. he scored tons of goals for Spurs I don't think people remember him um, much more harshly than he should have been remembered I think him and Sheridan had it might have been I may be wrong it was either two goals less or two goals more than the Klingsman and Sheridan partnership I think it might have been two goals less it's something like 45 in a season that big uh, mole on the end of his nose held him back though <laughs> Definitely. Wasn't very aerodynamic. Yeah, the wind. Yeah, if, he, if he'd taken it off like Enrique Iglesias, he could have gone. To <laughs> but he, he, he didn't. He was he was he was he was fine with the way he looked. He didn't. He, he had no issue with it. Really. I did. He's a better human being. Well, you, as a kid, you looked at him and go, "I don't like you because you have a mole on your face." No, 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 no. On the end of his nose, which made his nose bigger. And uh, you know, when you've got pictures of players on your wall and that and just like looking at it I didn't like it do you remember the goal he scored against Arsenal in 97 November 97 Spurs played Arsenal and Burkamp scored a diving header for, no it wasn't a diving header it was um, uh, the ball come over and he just passed it into the net Arsenal went one up they went fucking crazy I was practically in tears my dad said it's alright don't worry we'll come back uh, and we did the same after Sherwood did a diving header to score a goal and then I think it was must have been well, if it was 95, 90, no, 97, sorry, it would have been... You sure it was 97? He won the league the year before Sherwood. But anyway... Sherwood? Did you say Sherwood? I thought you said his... Armstrong. No, but you said Sherwood. Did I? Fuck, she's stuck in my brain, I'm sorry. Sheridan. Sorry, sorry, yeah. No, Sheridan scored a diving header. Anyway, he scored the goal against them and we won 2-1 and it was glorious. Anyway, go on, James. Well, the obvious one would be Rivaldo, and I think everyone remembers that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I also quite like the rumour that Sherwood had been sacked at the weekend, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, football Ramble. So, we've nicked a question from Football Ramble. Yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> what, and really? What? And we what? do what we want. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
All right, fine. Uh, how, how would you describe Tim Sherwood to someone who isn't into football? I haven't read that. That's, That's a, a fucking a brilliant, great, question. brilliant question. It really is. Um, um, I, and I, have you ever seen that film, Happy Gilmore? Yes. As a football manager. <laughs> yeah. okay, why won't you go into the net? Go into the net, ball! Go into the net! You got anything, Vic? Uh, I'd probably say... Um, Lamella. They took his legs. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch Happy You Don't Want to Get this. I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> no chumps. They took his hand. <laughs> anyway, fucking... What's the film? Um, what is the question again? <laughs> <laughs> so someone who doesn't know, like someone like Donna, or, or someone someone you know who doesn't know anything about football, how would you describe to them Tim Sherwood? Uh, I'd probably say they Sherwood is a crystal healer. One of those people that say crystals can heal you. They talk all the talk, but it's dog shit. <laughs> it's fucking dog shit. Yep. I would I would describe him as um as a story topper. You know you've got everyone's got that one thing, he's always got a better story. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah. that's a nightmare. That's how I described Tim Shaw. That's I said earlier on, I reckon he's one of those people who reckon he could do a better job. So if someone fixes your car, so you know what, to put the suspension a little bit higher there, you know. <laughs> 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 you, know you know what, Andre? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I reckon um so that's how I describe him. Um as a character <laughs> most people who know well, obviously be David Brent. Mm. You know, I reckon there's I reckon there's gonna be a reality TV show after show at least but it's gonna be like oh, stitched up. I was totally stitched up. I saw someone described the managerial meeting on Sunday as, as Rogers as David Brent and Tim Sherwood as, uh, as Finchie. <laughs> <laughs> the like, travelling salesman guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, you know there's people you meet who they, they claim they love football and they really talk about it passionately, but it becomes clear after about four or five minutes that they don't know what they say they know. Yeah. That them kind Why of. Why do you look at him then? <laughs> you kept looking at T. I'm offended. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. You're talking to me thinking, yeah, you don't know anything about football. <laughs> that, that's kind of it. That, that, that's the way I would kind of describe him <laughs> to someone who doesn't know anything about football. I, you know, that wouldn't help them much, but I'd be happy. All right, to Trunk, um, who does Raw the Roost podcast, go and listen to it. Is this the worst season you've ever experienced as a Spurs fan? Well, um, the reason I put this question is because when I asked it to the other guys on the pod, it split us right down the middle. Yeah. I mean, I said, I said no. I said it's not the worst season of its pitch, but a couple of people were like, well, it is. But sometimes there's reasons for off the pitch. I mean, I'll let you, let you go first. Who said read. yeah? He's going to answer. He's going to answer the question. Now, well, fucking tell me. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't say. Did the, you say yeah? <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. Fuck eh? me, mate. Well, the point of having this is so we can talk about it. All right, go on, get it out. I can't wait. Well, no, no, on, <laughs> <laughs> on the pitch, right? On, on the pitch, it's not been. I remember fucking many seasons that have been much worse than this. As we talked about, it's twenty. Before all of this kind of, you know, before social media, before social media, and before <clears throat> Redknapp came into charge. Um, we had two decades of pretty abject failure. So, no, on the pitch, it's been okay. I mean, it's been below part of what we've expect, expected. But there's been stuff that's happening off the pitch that have made me feel very kind of detached from my club. I've actually never felt as detached from Tottenham um, and probably football in generally, general. And that that's the stuff about... And I'm not going to go because I know people get bored of hearing us and me specifically talk about it, but the StubHub stuff, being hung out to dry for the years, um, ticket prices going up, um, 
as they have done over the last few years. And and the fact that the football on the pitch isn't kind of weigh, outweighing it in any way. It's not a distraction from the things that I'm hating about football. I think that's why I've I've, I've kind of really suffered personally, on a personal level, mentally, <laughs> physically. Can't get an erection anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, there, there's no balance. It's all just weighted in, in, in the favour of, um, yeah, of the horrible horrible season that it's been my answer to that was um, it showed signs that the fans do have a bit of power because the Yids thing got overturned yep. Stub Pub have compromised mm-hmm. um, ticket prices um, there's been increasing um, occasions where clubs have subsidised tickets yep so I think um, it, just I, to add to that sorry there's the I think the trust have made it so the Concessions go up to eighteen and not sixteen. Yeah, so I think this season and it's for a freeze on ticket prices. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think this season has shown that fans do have power. Fans do have a voice, and I think um, from that point of view, I mean, I know there's a little bit dis- disillusioned about, but I think it shows that if we club together as fans, then we can make a change. That's a good point. Can make that change. <laughs> Sounds like Michael Jackson. Go on then, Rick, if you've got so much to say about it. No, I haven't got so much to say well, about it. It fucking sounds like it was. Just give it a second ago. Is this the worst ever season you've experienced as a Spurs fan? Categorically, no. Well, what is it? When I was taken to Tottenham and I was with my fucking old man and we're playing against Sheffield Wednesday and it's <laughs> raining and we're losing 3-0 at half-time <laughs> is the worst time of being a Spurs fan. I, I remember. And it's fuck you, do you know what? And I used to look at him thinking, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing this to me? Why, why am I travelling from Milton Keynes? Why? Why is this happening? And yet, like, fucking years down the line, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, but, um, we, uh, you know, by any stretch of the imagination... We are not doing terrific, but at the moment, like we're sick from the league, and it's like from where I remember where where we were and what I used to go to, it's it's okay. Yeah, we're not where we want to be. We're not playing how we want to, you know, play, and we haven't got the greatest manager, or whatever. But we've got a lot of stuff in place, um, and this season isn't as fucking slit your wrist as it is someone's <laughs> making out to me do you not have to kind of factor in expectations though yeah because in comparison to expectations well that's what that's bit. what it all comes you down see, I to live, I live by my own rules and I don't <laughs> factor in anything James so uh, <laughs> I don't I don't you know go to any expectation well this <clears throat> an earlier one today a bloke <laughs> a bloke tweeted um, us go to the pod and um, talked about how I said we were going to finish fifth and Ricky said we were going to finish third so there is a mention of expectations, but then also Ricky did say that man, you were going to drop out of the top four, and we laughed at him. So it swings and roundabouts. Yeah. But did, did you say that, Rick? Yeah. And, and we my, laughed at him. My mate Wiley sent me uh, an email today saying um, it was August the sixteenth, I think it was, and it was my Premier League predictions of where people would finish. I would never want anyone to see where I thought people would be finishing. <laughs> it was fucking hideous, man. <laughs> Christ, how did I get that so wrong? Who did you have top? Uh, I think I had Chelsea top. All right, that's, that's not bad. Right, so, yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> well, tell us. Uh, Where'd you have Spurs? Yeah, I think, no, actually, I actually had us fourth. Arsenal fifth, Hull in the relegation zone. Um, I think I had Palace rock bottom. Good. Um, 
West Ham Town. I haven't done that bad actually. Yeah, it's yeah, not too bad. Yeah, was yeah. he taking the piss out of you? Was he? Yeah, he was. I'm going to punch him when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> Video it and we'll retweet. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, as I said early on, that overachievement shouldn't be expected as the norm, and we did overachieve to an extent. The yep. Last five six years. And is this the worst season that Spurs have ever had, James? Um, I, th- I think it's probably possibly been the most frustrating, but I, I wouldn't like to say it was the worst because, as Rick said, if we finish sixth or seventh, then yeah, that's exactly going to be a lot better than most of the nineties. Yeah, but like you said, it's the, you know, no one ever expected it. It is about expectation. It's about levels of um, being realistic about. But no one wants to be realistic. Everyone wants to dream. Everyone wants to. Uh, believe that we are going to win the last six games of the season even though every indication and everything we know about the sport suggests that we w- absolutely won't do yeah. that I believe that we will but a lot of um, Spurs cross or cross are related to Spurs are about dreaming and daring to dream so mm. we'll win all six well that's the fucking <laughs> shit that is right because it's those kind of quotes mm. the game is about glory daring to dream oh, yeah, an, an echo of glory an echo of glory and stuff like that is because the moment we see it, and just a hint of it, we're like, yeah, we're going to do it. And, it. and it's that kind of stuff that you think, and I wouldn't change it for the world, don't get me wrong, but it kind of does build up this kind of, we win a game and Spurs, people look at Spurs as this kind of just fortress of this, that you can't penetrate and will penetrate you right in the arse. But it doesn't, it just, you know, it doesn't happen. As we know, we've been let down so many times, become a bit of a cliche to say that you know, it's a Spursy thing to to lose uh, at the last. So you're slagging off like Billy Nick and Dave McKay and. Oh yeah, I'm having it out. I'm having it out. Let's let's have it out with Billy Nick. I think uh, the. No, don't get me wrong. I love I love all that stuff. But it's our club built on such romanticism that yeah. when the realism, the cold light of day that we've got a team that it hurts. I love it. Hurts. Yeah. It fucking stings. It man. does hurt. So, but it, but mentally, we're all pre-programmed with this. The romance and it's beautiful and it is beautiful but you've got to accept a bit of realism every no moment. I don't want it I don't know one wants to Rick but that's life alright I have to deal with life every day <laughs> let me let me dream let me care to dream care to dream <laughs> let me have an echo of glory yeah. <laughs> what are some glorious moments this season I think the Benfica game the last uh, 15 minutes summed up Summed up while I suppose. Well, that was glorious. This is, I mean I was going to say earlier but like my our echo of glory this year for me, when I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. 4-0 against Newcastle away. <laughs> when Newcastle were fucking dog shit. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, you know, we are the best. How have our team performed as a unit? We are like, fucking come at us. Say something. What? Come at me, bro. Not course happened, but, you know, this is part and parcel of, of why I do this all the time. Brilliant. <laughs> What, uh, let's quickly do that. What's your echo of glory moment for this, this ben, season? Ben it's Fico. funny how we're not saying glory moment. <laughs> What's your echo of glory? That kind of residual glory that we it's, have. It's Benfica because um, I, I, could, I could see us in the next round. Mm. I could taste it. Yeah, and even yeah. though even though we lost the entire game, it, made me, it, it gave me faith that Spurs do have a bit of fight. Then we, we lost to Arsenal in the next game. Yeah, and we showed a bit of fight. You know, we lost, but it wasn't um, a soul destroying loss. And then the Liverpool game happened, and. We are where we are. <laughs> the share, the share of the team, you know, just just play Benfica, just add it with them. <laughs> Who's going to want to come play against us? <laughs> Everyone, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that what Share would say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid that's pretty much what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to want to play us? 
That's exactly what Everyone. Um, uh, my echo of glory it was the Man United away when I thought when, when Sherwood started had the best start of any oh, manager oh, in, the, yeah, yeah. You know, in the history of, uh, of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club I think and, um, and now we're kind of averaging a, a, a win every eight games or something have you got any echo of glory moments <laughs> yeah I, I mean I think, I think that Benfica game was the most first game of the season so yeah. no one gave us a chance for 70 minutes yeah. then suddenly we score two goals and everyone believes we're going to do it yeah and just like that we fucked them. <laughs> <laughs> yep alright and the most important question of the evening rivaling probably the would you give yourself a blowjob um, Jonathan Badowski and I think this may have been asked before I've got a feeling it might was have been. It? he asked us a question last week about the melon Oh, is that him? Yeah, All right, good. He deserves this, him. Would you rather have a finger instead of a penis or ten cocks where your fingers should be? What's the benefit of having a finger instead of a penis? <laughs> and I'm not having to scratch your balls. Well, yeah, the point Slowly. of these questions is yeah, one, yeah. one's OK and... No, yeah, you're right. I well, think... I suppose, yeah, but what's the benefit of having ten penis fingers? Well, come on. Guess what? <laughs> cock slap. This is it. That's exactly what I was thinking, T. I wasn't thinking on any sexual level. I was thinking what it'd be like to slap someone across the face. But the bunch of cocks get so much purchase. So much purchase on the face. But I wanted the fingers. I wanted the cocks to be erect because they wouldn't be able to bend them and hold stuff. I would. um, I would genuinely look for Sherwood to do that to me. I'd be be on the front of the sun. The guy. Penis hands that slapped him, well, Sherwood. What did the five cocks say to the face? It really has, I'm sorry. But if I had a finger for a penis, I could actually get my finger in, you know, where my cock may not be able to reach because it'd be bendy. I would probably so, have yeah. a finger because then it, it would be bigger than it is now. I'd probably have uh, cocks for fingers because. Um, if I had a finger for a cock, then I wouldn't be able to have children. And with ten fingers of cocks, <laughs> you would probably uh, be able to make quite a healthy living. For... What we're talking about is you have eleven. You'd have eleven cocks, so you'd have you'd have ten cocks on your hands, and then a, a normal cock. Yeah, little movies you make, man. The thing of the money from that. So yeah, that's true. Someone you'd ejaculate from your ten Shaking cocks. Someone's hand. <laughs> Well, so, so there is that, but then I guess you know if you if you're doing any misses, you could have a thumb up her bum and you middle finger up her. You wouldn't have a what you couldn't do that if you did have cocks for fingers. No, but you got ten of them, so you can you know. Would she want that though? I'm not sure she'd need it. Why not? She might. Maybe, maybe you could put one in there and anyway, let's just <laughs> go a bit far. Wait, how many orifices does a human being have? You've got two nostrils, a mouth, elbows, of, back of the knees. What orifices? Like holes in the body. So. Uh, two ears. Yeah. So you probably don't need the ten. I'd, I, I would... Um, probably. You can't put ten in you. All the different you things probably you don't need Yeah, that's true as well. You can't stick a flaccid cock in any hole, probably. Well, would, you, would your fingers be you'd flaccid be, or erect? You'd be fucked at bowling. Oh, sorry, are they? <laughs> are they finger-sized cocks? Yeah, well, yeah. like, I mean, that's true. Well, in my imagine, I'd, I'd imagine them to be a bit bigger than fingers because they're obviously fatter and a bit longer, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, bowling would be out definitely. Yeah, but probably wouldn't Wave, be a sport. Waving would be tricky. <laughs> Shaking hands would be a nightmare. Be funny because you'd be one of the people that wouldn't shake hands, and people look at you and go, 
Why isn't he shaking hands with me? That's fucking why! <laughs> Imagine waving hands with trucks! Flopping all over the place. You know that it's thing where you, you, you finger gun people and you go... <laughs> <laughs> that takes on like a whole different meaning when you go... It's <laughs> a footballer when you add it, though. So what? Do you remember Sherwood's six-gun salute that he used to do every now and then? Sherwood's the one I'm in the air. Yeah, well, uh, Sh- uh, Shearer. Uh, I said Sherwood. I said Sherwood again. Sherwood. You've got them on them, are you? Sherring them. Sherring six-gun salutes. What I thought about was, um, what about when they're singing when the Spurs and everyone just got their... (laughs) (laughs) their Just cocks up and just cocks wobbling everywhere. (laughs) Just jizz all Uh, I think the sign uh, that Ricky's rolling a cigarette is that it's the end of the Fighting Cock podcast. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed that, gentlemen. It's the, the therapy that I needed after the Liverpool game. Very much so. Thank you very much, Ricky, for coming down. That's all right. Polonius, once again, for joining me. No problem. And James, you can't leave it that this long next time. Okay. How many times did I email you? Probably three or four, to be fair. Well, yeah, that I'm makes it sound that. desperate. Man, one, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> so it was three or four. It was three or four. <laughs> we can edit that bit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear my joke about Windy back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks again, uh, and everyone for downloading the podcast. Um, next week again, it's going to be Wednesday rather than the Tuesday. Yeah, uh, we've got an app. Uh, download the app. Oh fuck, we've got news. People have been asking for an Android app for f- fucking ages. For ages. Why are you looking at each other like I shouldn't be saying this? No, no, no. I'm All just right. saying, you know, like it, it, you know, even if the Android <coughs> app is or is not ready, Case will have to. Uh, Sort Put it his out. finger out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Case, you don't, he doesn't do much these days. He designed a website, he lays about, I'm, I'm a part of the fighting cock. Tell you what, what fucks me off about Case is he's got a sculptured body, he creates websites, creates apps. Yeah. Oh, I'd fucking give it a rest, mate. World of Warcraft know. people are not supposed to look like him. Yeah. How the fuck is he single? It's just, you know, some skills. I tell you what, if there's women out there who want a, a, like an Adonis-type man... That can do everything. You can do everything. You can build you a website. But he's northern. He is northern. Uh, that is an issue. He's from um, a place up in north. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he, he's designed this Android app. It's a bit different from the iPhone app, but everyone's been whinging about us not being on Android. <laughs> it is now. I don't know when it's going to be available. It will be soon. Very soon. So you'll be able to listen to us on your Android phone. Uh, we've got T-shirts. Rick, where are you going? You like this bit? Yeah, I'm dying for a piss, man. <laughs> Tell them about the t-shirts. Yeah, we got t-shirts. Uh, we haven't designed any in a while, but you can still get them. Uh, you can pick up your Van der Vaart t-shirts. Uh, you can pick up your uh, Benoit t-shirts. <laughs> um, what else? Buy them. Uh, we we also have, uh, as Flav alluded to, we also have an iPhone app. Mm. Um, You're actually crossing your legs. Yeah, and I'm dying for everything. T- tell them about the fanzine coming. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got the second edition of the fanzine. Yeah, it's coming uh, soon. We've got uh, you know features from people. <laughs> uh, they've they've written some Tottenham stuff. You can tell them uh, about the first fanzine. <laughs> uh, uh, the first fanzine. Um, that's a good read. <laughs> have you read, read it? <laughs> you haven't no, read I have. it? No, I have. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you yeah, haven't I, read it, have you? Of course I've read it. All right, go for a piss. All right. See you later.
Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.